0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Always Choose Orange. This week we are on episode 16 and it is called Going Deep. So today we're going to talk about two things. So we're going to talk about going deep in our own creative work and what that, some ways that can look. And then we're going to talk about how to go deep in your creative input and find new ways to maximize the things that you're taking in and help those influence your own work. So. Let's start with going deep in our own creative work. I want to start by reading a quote from fantasy author, Patrick Rothfuss. And this is the quote that made me really think about this in terms of my own work. Um, I guess that's an interesting way of saying it. I've been thinking about it for years but I periodically revisit it and get more and more serious about the concept of going deep. So coming across this quote probably a month or two ago, it really, it really brought me back to that place of reevaluating sort of how wide I go, um, where I'm reading so many different things or I'm trying to write fast and cover a lot of ground and there's just this part of me that wants to go deeper. So to start the discussion on what exactly that means, I'll get to this Patrick Rothfuss quote that I was talking about. So in Q&A for his newest novella, The Narrow Road Between Two Desires, he talked about a bit of his process. It was kind of um, sort of a tangent from the main part of the conversation. Um, So admittedly, this quote is a little bit pulled out of context but i think it has a really good insight into his creative process and what it looks like when someone really really goes deep um now i think that's what make people love rothfuss's writing but also sort of the issue that some people have you know is just how long it takes him to write a book i'm on the i'm on the camp of who cares how long it takes as long as it's good and his process in my opinion turns out really 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 great work. So so I'm okay with it So here's part of his conversation um, that he had and then we'll kind of Unpack it So here's the the start of the quote name of the wind. I rewrote 800 times I know literally no other do- author does it as much as me because Jeff VanderMeer did a book about writing and he pinged all of us He's like how many revisions do you do? How many revisions do do you do? And then a book came out and I'm like, oh. And I look through and Sanderson's like, three, I do a draft and I give it a second pass and then the copy editor gets back and then I'm done. And I'm like, well, I knew that makes sense because I'm a revisor and he's a drafter and that's why we write such vastly different amounts. But there was no one in there who did more than five or six. There was someone who was like eight and I told them the truth. I go, what do you mean draft? For name of the wind, I know I had at least 200 beta readers who read the thing and I talked to them about it And then i made changes based on their feedback but that doesn't count the hundreds of times i printed it out read it myself red it. i spent an entire weekend looking at every instance of the word that in the wise man's fear it was 30 hours i eliminated like 1700 superfluous that's to the point where it's like i was gonna say it's bordering on a mental disorder but no it's past. it's over that line but i'm proud of my language when i'm done and i Do not ever look back at a book and usually say, I really wish I would've given that one more polish, but they do still have to pry it out of my hands. So I do realize that I said superfluous wrong and we're just gonna have to laugh. I'm not gonna go back and redo that. If you are anything like me, which I hope for your sake, you are not. Sometimes you find yourself rushing through your art. I find this specifically in writing, which I would say is my main creative endeavor. Sometimes I'm working on my novel And I just find myself wanting to be done, wishing that I'd finished with this section, with the book, feeling like I haven't went fast enough, feeling like I've wasted a lot of time. And I've started recently questioning that, saying, why am I doing that? Why am I trying to do this so fast? Why does it matter how fast I do it? Why am I trying to finish something that I say I love doing? Why am I just trying to get through it? and to be honest with you i haven't found a really good answer i know part of it is because i've been working on this particular novel this is my eighth draft i've been working on it on and off since late 2016 early 2017. now there was big stretches in there where i wasn't working on it but that's a long time and so part of me feels like you know the clock is ticking times times a wasting and i you know can't help but sometimes feel that I squandered a a bunch of time. And that's about all I can see though. I, I don't know why I'm rushing or why I feel like I have to do it so fast. So that questioning though is really valuable. So if you find yourself rushing through your art, whatever medium it is, ask yourself those questions and see what happens. You might have an answer, you might not. But like I said, even just asking the question is totally worth doing. If you don't deal with rushing through your work, if that's if you're really comfortable with your pace, then you're good. You might even want to turn the episode off because it might just be a waste of time to be honest with you. Um, and good job if that's you. That's awesome. I really think that's the coolest thing ever that you found a really nice pace and are able to feel comfortable in your creative work because I think that's the most important part of doing this. It's not you know just to get it done. But, yeah, as I was saying, I've been in this inquiry of figuring out why I rush through things. And re- recently, I finally started reading several short sentences about writing by Verlin Klinkenborg. Uh, it was a book recommended by a couple people. If I remember right, I think Tim ferris recommended it. I know Austin Cleon did in his newsletter a while back. But I've been meaning to read it for a while, just never did. Picked it up a day or two ago, and it's absolutely blowing my mind. And the premise of the book. Is, this is like, a, you know, a super summed up version and it's a lot more eloquent and impactful than I'm about to say So sorry for not completely doing it justice But it's this book that focuses on the act of making sentences and talking about the sentence being the end goal um, Because if you have a beautiful concise easy to understand sentence and you keep doing that throughout the work, it's gonna form a beautiful piece of writing at the end and It talks about a lot more than that. That's, again, the oversimplified version. But it's blowing my mind. I immediately started processing some of that advice and rewrote the prologue to my novel this morning uh, before work in the morning after I woke up. And it's the piece of writing I think I'm most proud of in my entire life. Uh, Just from reading this like 280-page book, and I'm not even done with it yet, and the wisdom and the perspective shift within it is doing wonders. It's helping me slow down. It's helping me appreciate the rhythm of language. It's helping me appreciate clarity, conciseness, and spending time on each sentence until it feels like there's nothing else to change and then moving on to the next one and just slowing down. Because I, and a lot of people say this too, I've been in this sort of iterative phase where it was, First draft, get everything down as fast as possible. Second draft, slow down a tiny bit and there's just sort of this tiered decelerate deacceleration where with each draft I slow down a little bit more um, and focus on something else. But I've had to do way too many drafts whereas if I would've just slowed down the first or second time, I would be done by now. And so I'm finally starting to slow down and pay attention to craft again and so, whatever art you do, if you're a writer, slow down. Appreciate the words, appreciate the sentences, appreciate the phrases, appreciate the paragraphs. You know, if you're a singer or a musician, ap- appreciate the notes, appreciate the melodies, appreciate the harmonies, appreciate the rhythm. You know, if you're a, a visual artist, appreciate the paint strokes, appreciate the canvas, appreciate the Colors start appreciating those small things again because that's what we love, right? That's the reason we do this is for those little things because we love just the act of doing it So that's a little bit of the musing on going deep in our own creative work now, I want to talk about going deep in your creative input so What I'm talking about when I say that is interacting with the art of others watching a movie reading a poem reading a book listening to a lecture viewing a painting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I see this piece of the podcast as part two of episode 14, which is called Walkie Talkies. So if you haven't listened to that episode and you want additional context into what I'm about to talk about, go pop that episode on. It's pretty short. I think it's 20 minutes or less. But yeah, that's, that's where I think I want to start with the idea that we talked about in that episode, which was letting different pieces of art talk to each other and allowing them to go deep in us means not reading for breadth, so not trying to read as many books as possible, not trying to watch as many TV shows as possible, as many movies as possible, listening to as many songs, albums, artists as possible, but slowing down and figuring out what one artist does well, what one director does well, what one actor does well, what one singer does well and figuring out how to apply that to our own work. Because what better way is there than to get better at our craft while enjoying the work of others? That's, that's what it's all about. So the first recommendation I have is when you read nonfiction, at the bare minimum, take notes. I started actively doing this probably back in 2017, although I did it off and on you know, in college when we had to read something and we needed to take notes for class. The act of taking notes drives things deeper into our memory. Even if you never go back and look at the notes, the act of writing them, I've found and having to communicate and distill the information into our own words, or even if we're writing down someone else's quote, that helps it go deeper within us. Um, I have these notebooks and I label them with the month and year that I start them and the month and year that I fill them. And I I take notes on almost anything I'm reading, watching, or hearing, or thinking about, ruminating on. And it's one of the most valuable practices that I've ever done as an artist, because I can go back and see where I was at, and what I was thinking about, and what I was trying at sort of any moment in time. And so that's the first thing. If you read, specifically nonfiction, but if you're reading fiction and you're a writer, Jot down phrases, jot down images, jot down sentences about, you know, the parts that you like. Then the second recommendation is read those notes. Again, the, t- the amount of time is arbitrary, but you could say every year, every six months. Different things that you wrote down will speak to you in different ways that you might not have even seen when you wrote that note down. I've had things that I wrote down in like two thousand seventeen or two thousand eighteen speak exactly to something I was going through now. And if I wouldn't have went back and seen that, you know, I wouldn't have had that access point um, and been able to, to grow through it in that way. So reading through those notes, once you take them, is really powerful. Um, the third thing is find a way to practice what you're learning, make it actionable as much as possible, and there are a lot of ways to do that. So one of the most obvious ways to do that is if there are exercises in the book you're reading Actually, do the exercises, right? They always say that. And I've done this a billion times. Seen an exercise in a book and thought one of two things. Either, yeah, I'm not gonna do that, I'm just gonna keep reading. Or, oh, yeah, that's cool, I'll do that later. And then never done it later. You know, if you're reading a book on writing and it t- gives you a writing exercise, put the book down, go do it. If you're reading a book on meditation and it gives you a meditation exercise, put the book down, go do it. We're not gonna do it later. Maybe you have more willpower than me and you will do it later. If so, Bravo, keep doing that. Those are the easiest ways to put ideas into practice, but if a book does not have clear examples or exercises, make up your own. Ask yourself constantly, what can I do to put this information in practice? How can I embody these ideas so I can hardwire this information in my nervous system? Because that's where it's gonna really make a difference. Intellectual information is cool. I am all for it. I love it. I love learning for the sake of learning. It's fun to know things. It's fun to know how things work. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you really want it to go deep, find a way to practice it. And sometimes this involves taking a concept from one book and finding another book on that concept with exercises or maybe you could look on YouTube for exercises around the thing you're reading. There are a ton of ways to put something into practice. But even the act of asking yourself, how can I practice this now, is extremely powerful. Um, the last recommendation that I have around this that I've actually put into practice, so I've put all of these ideas into practice at some point or another, and that's not to say I do this all the time, right? Like, sometimes I do them and sometimes I don't, but every time I have done them, I have not regretted it. The last recommendation in helping sort of your interaction with outside art go deep would be to make your own piece of art with the compost of the ideas you're taking in. This is the single greatest way to learn that I have yet to come across. And in some ways it's a combination of all the other ways of learning what we just talked about, that we just talked about. Because in order to make a really good piece of art, in my opinion, you usually had to have experienced at least some aspect of it. Some of it can just be intellectual synthesis and all of that but it's so powerful when we're talking about what we've actually experienced. And in order to really understand something, we need to not only put it in practice, but we need to be able to explain to others how it works. And that's just a great way to practice synthesis. So an example is like back in, I think it was 2016, maybe 2017, I got really interested in the history of hip hop music. And I started reading a few books on the subject and To internalize the information, I decided to make an immersive playlist of hip hop songs that told the whole history of the genre, but I didn't stop there. I wanted to have the artists and producers themselves tell the story so that anyone with no knowledge of hip hop could listen to this huge playlist and have the context for each song. So the first thing I did was reference a handful of people's playlists on the most influential rap songs that told the story of the genre, that took me hours of listening, reading, analyzing, arranging, and I ended up with this huge list of songs uh, by order of the year they released. And then I went to YouTube and started watching hours and hours of interviews with these different artists, producers, songwriters who made these songs, and I started chopping clips of the most interesting parts that could explain the cultural importance of these songs. And I worked on this project for months, and then, you know, eventually my interest shifted, and I also realized that I was not the first person to think about this type of thing, obviously, right? I'm sure you're all laughing. I discovered Shay Serrano. I actually don't know how to say his name. It's either Shay, I think it's Shay Serrano. He wrote this incredible book called The Rap Yearbook, which basically did what I was trying to do, but way better. So, also, if you love rap, that book is phenomenal. He's an incredible writer. Um, Anyways, despite that, I don't feel like I wasted any time on that project. It was a ton of fun to work on, and it taught me far more than I would have learned had I just settled for other people's interpretation on the history of hip-hop. Having to do my own research, having to synthesize these ideas, having to immerse myself in it, gave me a far deeper understanding of the subject. And there are other ways you can do it. If you're interested in something, make a podcast about it. Do anything public that forces you to learn To actually learn about your desired subject and explain it to somebody else clearly. It applies to any topic. And even if you don't want to publish it, that's totally cool, right? Like, I'm not saying go out and, um, you know, do this whole big elaborate thing, but write a book, build a course, make a YouTube video, make a playlist of songs that tell the story of a novel you just read. Find some way, even if it's just for you, to synthesize the information you're learning and express it in a new way. I... I guess I don't wanna say I promise, but I highly believe that you won't regret it, even if you never finish.